Today on State Scoop's Priorities Podcast from Scoop News Group, what a new mayor in Los Angeles means for IT and Wyoming's big cyber initiatives in 2023. Welcome to State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. Every Thursday, you'll get insights into the state and local government technology community. You'll hear from top leaders across the state and local world and learn about the latest news and trends ahead of the industry. I'm your host, Jake Williams. Here's what's happening this week. City officials in Oakland, California, say that many municipal services remain offline as it continues to dig out from a ransomware attack that started last week. The city's IT department is working with an outside forensics company to assess the incident. Officials have not yet said whether there's been any financial demand or theft of city data. Washington, D.C. is debuting a beta version of a new website designed to help small businesses navigate the bureaucratic and legal processes of setting up shop in the nation's capital. The new portal is the first major product for the city's relatively new digital services team. Eventually, the city aims to link different portals for different services together into one spot. South Dakota Chief Information Officer Jeff Klein says that it will cost $70 million to replace a critically outdated financial system in the state. The system processes transactions like payroll and contracts and is one of more than 600 applications that are on a, quote, brittle list, meaning the technology is outdated or vulnerable. You can read these stories and more at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. Los Angeles has a new mayor. Karen Bass, a former congresswoman, has taken over leadership of the nation's second largest city. Bass has prioritized homelessness and public safety as two of her top priorities. Ted Ross, the city CIO, told Statescoop's Benjamin Freed about what the city's new mayor means for technology. It's a really interesting position to be in because we had Mayor Eric Garcetti for nine years. Uh, Normally, it's two four-year terms. They changed the election cycle uh, so that it could land more on midterm elections. And so it's a full nine years with the same you know, chief executive. Mm-hmm. So I think for a lot of department managers, it's very much a getting to know you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mayor Bass has been fantastic in, in a number of ways. She's really been laser focused on homelessness mm-hmm. um, and public safety issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you live in LA and you work in LA, you know that it's a big city. There's a lot of things that you could try to tackle. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fact that she's taking really prominent issues, really zeroing in on them to try to tackle them instead of trying to boil the ocean, I think is extremely commendable. Mm -hmm. I think it's the right way to approach it. Um, From an IT perspective, it means that we both continue to deliver on the items that, you know, no one's complaining about um, before they need to start complaining about it. But then more importantly, make the pivot to be able to support the new mayor's administration on items around their priorities. And so um, that's really been, I think, a lot of the work that's been happening over the last couple of months. Have you had any conversations with her about what her priorities in, in your, your department are going to be? Yeah, but yes. And I, and I wouldn't want to speak on, on her behalf. Um, but I think the reality is her priorities for the city were straightforward. And, and those are the ones that she ran on. Number one. Uh, to resolve homelessness. Um, I think for most people, you know, homelessness is a, is a conversation of itself. But I think for most people, uh, there's a huge concern in, in regards to encampments. So that's the, I think that's a specific priority. Um, the second item is around public safety. And the third item is around affordable housing for working class, you know, Angelinos. Yeah. Uh, so those are those are the three top priorities. They break into a variety of pieces, uh, and it could be something very tactical, like assisting the mayor's office with the with the emergency operations center activation, just making sure that the people working on these topics have the right tools, the right technology, and the right capabilities to deliver on the emergency. Mm-hmm. 
um, all the way down to, you know, working very closely with the mayor's office around data platforms and data tools and reporting, which is both inside of the city as well as County of Los Angeles and a homeless services authority conversation um, to ensure that the inside safe initiatives have the right type of reporting and capabilities they need uh, to both be informed as well as understand how progress is, is going. Three areas you mentioned uh, are all very da data intensive, and I'm sure there's a yes, lot. Yes, they of, are. I'm sure, there's a lot of uh, a lot of work to be done. You know that 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 uh, your team needs to needs to do around that. As you said, you had Mayor Garcetti for for nine years. You know, now you've got Mayor Bass, and you know, she's obviously, you know, familiar to everybody. She, you know, rep represented the city in Congress for a long time. But do you have to get used to, you know, uh, you know, different different style of workflow, different different uh, culture around City Hall? What's what's you know, I'm always I'm always fascinated when when CIOs stay on through whether it's gubernatorial or mayoral transitions. What what that what that's all like? Yeah, it, it is a really interesting question. <clears throat> First and foremost, you know, you want them to understand where you fit. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, the mayor is a duly elected mayor, elected by the people of Los Angeles to tackle one or multiple challenges. Mm -hmm. um, and I want her to know that as chief information officer, you know, where I stand with her. And, and you know, number one, it is making sure that she has the technologies and the tools she needs to get her job done. So there's some very tactical things related to simply the audio visuals she has in her office, the computers that her and her staff have, phones and all that good stuff. You know, the I should say kind of the table stakes items. But then it starts to escalate into items that not everyone is familiar with what technology can do. So much has changed in the world of technology in the last 10 years. So many tools that I have in a tool chest that she may not even be familiar with. Mm -hmm. So I need to make sure that I inform her and her team of what are the kinds of tools we have, where are our strengths, where are areas that they're looking to help, um, you know, help make a difference in, and just ensuring that as a IT leader that I have a seat at the table mm -hmm. so that I can help inform and assist where possible. Um, so I think it's really, really important that no matter high, how high up or whatever position you is, uh, it's a really important to be seen as a team player, someone who comes to the table and tries to help the team win. Um, you know, uh, it's it's interesting just watching LeBron James, you know, pass the scoring uh, record just last night. Yeah. And, and I think when a mayor has all-stars on her team, I think it's important that those all-stars show not only great individual records, um, but show that they're there to make the team win. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not a, a statement in regards to LeBron. It's just a, a simple yeah. statement of a team game was going on that then became an yeah. individual record, an extremely important one, but then went back to being a team game again. Yeah. And yeah. so I think a mayor is always looking for that, and they're always assessing whether or not you as a technology leader that, A, do you have the goods? Can you really deliver? And then B, will you deliver on their priorities? And and those are, I think, really important questions that they will be asking themselves and they should be asking themselves. And so I think it's important for people like me to be able to show that I do have the goods, but that also I can help deliver on their priorities. So I think that's always kind of a constant when it comes to a transition leadership. Yeah. Well, you know, the the thing they, you know, the, what what is I think not always mentioned when when people talk about LeBron James and certainly his scoring records that, that he's given he said a lot of times in his career that his favorite thing to do on the court is pass, and That's he right. is actually you know again this is one of those things he he probably doesn't get enough credit for I think uh, he's he's number four uh, all time for assists so that's right um, that's right you know 
Yep. Um, and and you know, and he's in a he's in a, a a very elite strata that includes the Michael Jordans and others of the world, and Kobe. And I'm a huge Kobe fan, but Kobe wasn't always known for that, right? No. Uh, no, but you know, as a as a uh, as a as a lifelong Knicks fan, I've suffered plenty at the hands of you know Kobe, Shaq, and now you know LeBron. It's always a team game, yeah, Ben. It's a team game. We we love to give individual accolades, but the reality is, I think we as society appreciate individuals and their yeah. greatness, but fundamentally we want them to come back into yeah. the team, unless this is like golf. Yeah. Right? So. But but uh, the, I'm, I think it's just interesting. You know, it's just really interesting right now because the 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 leader of your team has changed, but a lot of the components. Yes. Uh, a lot of the, the 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 team players, the component players, like yourself, yep. are are still around. Um, so because Mayor Garcetti had his own set of priorities, uh, he did, and uh, you know, in his own style, and, and his own style, uh, right? Do you are there any you know you you mentioned a, a few of the things that that you've done over the last nine you know the last the last nine years that you'll uh, hopefully continue. Is there anything? Are, are there any programs specifically that that you think are really important to, to carry forward into the new, the new mayor's term? Uh, yes. It, you know, it, what's interesting about the last nine years is that we effectively had six years and then three years of COVID. So, right. you know, boy, did COVID create a, a really interesting reset. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a number of items. So there's, there's clearly stuff we've done around cybersecurity that need to carry forward. There's clearly stuff we've done to improve the digital services that as a city, you know, digital transformation is a continuum in government. You don't just achieve it once and then move on. So there's a lot that's still being done with all the different services that we make available and to really take advantage of the pandemic in a good way, in a way in which we take our digital services and continue to make them robust and easier to use and accessible. So there's, I think, key areas around that that continue to make sense. However, there are unique opportunities. I think the Olympics, the 2028 Olympics, the 2026 World Cup, uh, even just this year, we've got the US Open of golf. Yeah. These are the kinds of things that I think that continue to be deprioritized in some people's minds, not the mayors, but deprioritized. And there's a lot of work to do uh, towards the 2028 Olympics that we are doing that will, like, I think, gain greater recognition across the city. Uh, but right now, the city is very focused on some very fundamental things. And so it creates like a really fundamental smart cities conversation. Yeah. So, and, and you know, we're LA, you know, like a New York or like others, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. So in one hand, we can zero in on some really fundamental topics and keep that laser focus. But with the other hand, we can take some of the steps necessary. Um, you know, we've got over 3,000, um, I think coming up close to 4,000 plus 5G, you know, 5G access points. Um, you know, we're in a place in which we're really building a lot of infrastructure out and digital services and in preparation for the Olympics. So there's a lot of think, fundamental things that need to keep going. And I think in IT, you know, we're not looking for glory. Uh, you know, we're looking really to try to move the needle. And so there's some more quiet, not as sexy, moving the needle kinds of projects that have been happening even during COVID, even taking advantage of COVID to be able to actually do construction faster that are really going to show itself in the next couple of years as we are making kind of that final run at preparation for things like the Olympics. Yeah. Um, what are, um, 
Anything, what are some of those things in particular? Um, you know, maybe not not necessarily just for uh, the big events that you have coming up, but you know, also just you know, running the city on a day to day basis. Yeah, and 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 I think one thing you've probably seen in your interactions with government, I find the best government doesn't create throwaway or single use kinds of solutions. So the ability to build something that we use now that runs through its paces, that then we go ahead and leverage through the Olympics and beyond is usually really where the sweet spot is. So the kinds of topics that we're talking about is you know, ubiquitous, ultra high speed uh, connectivity. So I'm sitting here in a house, I live in Koreatown and I'm getting off of my cell provider, I'm getting five to 600 megabits per second just here without any kind of special service. Uh, that's the kinds of speeds that we're replicating across the city of Los Angeles. Other kinds of items. Uh, that become extremely important. For example, we are doing a data lake. And so we've got an entire platform that we have in the cloud that we are right now leveraging on very specific topics like homelessness and social services and some of those key items. But these are the kinds of data platforms that also become a marketplace as we're going to start to open it up to the public. So imagine you've got not only great civic data that's extremely useful, but you've got businesses and other, you have other local businesses on the same data platform in which data is either shared free of charge or at low cost so that you've got an entire marketplace and it could be real-time information for parking availability. It could be information relating to venues. It could be information regarding travel or restaurants, et cetera. So there's like a mass amount of data that really people like government can do a good job of actually nurturing the cross business and cross department data sharing aspects. So th that data side has been another, I think, really big aspect. There's stuff that we're doing around, you know, on this topic, there's stuff that we're doing around smart grid, there's stuff we're doing around EV charging, we're getting to 10,000 public EV chargers by 2024. And we're on track for that. And we're also building some of the kind of next generation AI tools and solutions so that we can come up with easier ways for the public to be able to interact with us. Yeah. Um, it's old fashioned to say you'd have to call my call center. Heck, it's old fashioned to say you're forced to use my app. You know, the ability for people to use Siri and to use Google and to use their, you know, digital assistant of choice to be able to get information from their government as well as make requests to their government. Uh, that has only been, I think, taken to a next level in the last couple of months with the chat GPT yeah. conversation. Ted Ross, Chief Information Officer for Los Angeles. You can read more about him and LA's information technology operations at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. I'm Jake Williams, host of the Priorities Podcast. Register now for StateScoop's virtual cybersecurity modernization summit. The summit will feature a dozen CISOs from state and local government, as well as higher education, in addition to experts from the private sector. The event kicks off at 11 a.m. Eastern time on March 2nd. You can register at statescoop.com. There's also a link in today's show notes. Wyoming is continuing down the path of improving its security posture. Aaron Roberts is the state's chief information security officer and has been in the role for nearly a year. He tells state scoops Colin Wood about his priorities and what's next for the state. We're definitely uh, focusing our, uh, around our strategic plan, the uh, developed cybersecurity roadmap frameworks to match, uh, enhance, and improve our cybersecurity ecosystem, expanding our partnerships, and uh, improve situational awareness, you know, security awareness, training, and education. Right, right. 
how how important is um, training when it comes to cybersecurity? Would you say? Yeah, you know it's very important. We we can't really expect uh, employees to um, know what to do in a phishing uh, event, for example, if they haven't been properly trained. So the training and education is a key part of it. It only takes one, you know, the weakest link and one employee clicking on the right or wrong uh, link and infecting their system and allowing that to propagate through our network. So, yeah, it's super important. Right. How, uh, if you had to sort of um, evaluate Wyoming's cybersecurity maturity overall, where would you, where are you guys right now? Sure, definitely. So, well, I'll give you an example. So this this uh, last year, so prior to March 15th, uh, we didn't have a uh, security operations center for cyber. Uh, we didn't have a number of the tool sets that you know, when gaps were identified, we need to we needed to make those happen. So uh, we've been active with our newly established cybersecurity operations center here uh, the first of July. And that's been a big change for us because that now allows us not only for uh, coverage, you know, adequate coverage during the normal duty day, uh, but also that 24/7 sock in the sky through our MSSP. And before, you know, the the limited resources we had on uh, employed with this our FTEs, just really it was it was very difficult to cover a 24 365 type of operation, but those are in place. It's, it's been, uh, well, we, we continue to grow. Right. Almost two years ago, Gordon Knopp, former CIO stepped down along with the state health director after some health data was exposed of some thousands of residents. And, um, you weren't the CISO yet just to make that clear, but from your vantage point now, would you say that event has, colored the state's cyber efforts in any way? Is that viewed as a, did that, did that get people's attention? How would you say that has, has changed things? You know, I, I definitely think it elevated the cybersecurity uh, layer we need to be at and where we were currently at at the time. Uh, data loss prevention is a huge deal for, for all states, for sure, especially with the diversity of data we deal with. I mean, it's HIPAA, PCI, uh, FERPA, you, you name it. We, you know, our executive branches cover all those aspects, and and uh, ensuring that data doesn't go to the wrong source and be exposed is is critical. Right. And another piece of news is the uh, I saw that there's some effort to consolidate the state's technology division and CIO office. Do you anticipate that could affect cybersecurity efforts at all? You know, I, I don't think so, because I know our legislators, our governor, uh, and of course, every everyone within the, the state executive branch boards, commissions, we're all very aware of the criticality of cybersecurity and how the, the need has grown, for sure. Um, we see it every day. You know, if, if it's not in uh, national world news, you know, we're seeing it local. So it's it's. I, I believe everyone understands the criticality and it just, it's not something you can get behind on because if you do, you just don't, you don't have the capabilities to catch up. Right. What do you think of zero trust? Zero trust. You know, that's, that's a good question. And one that's uh, been asked of me a, a number of times. And, and uh, it, I think it really, it's important 
how zero trust is defined first, because I think there's some uh, folks that just they they define it differently than uh, I would or another industry partner would. Um, I think it's definitely something to strive for, because getting to that point where like it like well like it is it's zero trust and, and credentials, uh, multi-factor auth aren't the only variables and getting into our state network. Right. Is that something that you're striving for in Wyoming is to get to that point? Or is that, I mean, explicitly, or is that more of a um, guiding principle that you think is a good idea? Well, we're definitely working towards it. Um, Along with a number of initiatives, it's just, it's, you know, like every CISO probably across the nation, um, we've got a list a list of things that need to get done and we're hoping to get as many done as we can. Well, is there anything else on that list that you think might be of interest to our audience? You know, uh, whole state of course is, has been a, a big talk, topic as of late, especially with the uh, IIJA uh, funding that's come down to our state. Um, I believe, you know, if we can get to that point, the maturity level, not only for us, but our K-12, our higher ed, our localities to include, you know, the counties, municipalities, get everybody on board and operating at the same level. It's really going to increase the uh, our ability to respond, detect, you know, in a cyber event. Hmm. Hmm. Now, again, another thing I'm not sure how much you're allowed to say about, but uh, Bill Vida stepped down in January. Has that had any effect on cyber operations you know no i don't think so because uh tim sheehan is now the interim cio mm-hmm. and he he's been there he's done that uh, he's been with the agency uh 12 plus years he's very familiar with our current operations so uh he, he stepped in as he as he does and he's doing a great job for us so i our operations are running uh, just as smooth as before all right it's still something of a mystery to me why uh, he stepped down after less than a year. Is that something you're allowed to speak to? You know, I I wish I could. Tell you. I honestly don't have any. I wasn't privy to those conversations or um, or his resignation, so I I just don't have any info on it. Right. Other than what's publicized, you know. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, getting back to the uh, the sock. When uh, when creating that or or you know establishing policies for how that works, how much do you look to other states? You know, I, we definitely look, especially when it comes to uh, the resources associated with the stock. You know, stock analysts, your engineers, and so forth. But uh, definitely ask other states. You know, what is what does your security operations look like? And I I believe the CISOs, the state CISOs, are are a pretty tight knit group overall. And uh, they were willing to share, which was awesome. And it, it really helped me uh, in, in guiding what some of the tasks we needed to get done. Right. I think that gave a pretty good general idea of what you're working on. Is there anything else important that we didn't get to that you think is worth mentioning? Honestly, I think uh, we're all dealing with a lot of common issues, which I've uh, come to appreciate that, you know, I'm, I'm not in this boat alone. And, uh, and the, everyone is just really super uh, willing to share on their solutions and 
projected solutions that may help to resolve any any issues within our state. Right. What about the bans of tech from certain countries? How important do you think that is that states get those in place? TikTok being the most prominent one in the news. Sure. Yeah, there you know, there are definitely some identified vulnerabilities attached to uh, software hardware from uh, nation states that, you know, are really treat us as an adversary. Um, I think it's going to be important as we go down this road that these are identified and we do our best to uh, mitigate them as much as possible. You know, it's going to be difficult in some aspects because we don't have uh, the technology manufacturers here in the United States. And uh, hopefully that'll continue to grow and we can start uh, remediating these because it, it it's going to continue to be an issue, I believe. Aaron Roberts, Chief Information Security Officer for the state of Wyoming. You can read more about him and the state's cyber efforts at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. Subscribe to the Priorities Podcast at prioritiespodcast.com and wherever you get your podcast. While you're there, be sure to leave a review or a rating on the podcast page. They make it more likely that more people will find the show. This podcast is a production of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher helped put it together and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. Until next week, I'm your host, Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.